Welcome to the First Church Message of the Week podcast. Thanks for listening in. Christ calls us to rediscover the love for God we may have once had. How can we find ways to rediscover this love and keep it strong and healthy? Do you love God as you first did? What checkpoints do you have to keep your love for God strong? In this week's Message of the Week, we wrap up our trajectory worship series with a message from Pastor Bryce Blank. He shares from Revelation 2 and challenges us with the same challenge the Ephesian Church received, to recall the love we once had for God who first loved us. Here is the First Church Message of the Week. So today we are finishing off the last uh, week in our sermon series called Trajectory, where we have been looking at the origins of the church. And specifically, we've been looking at the church in Ephesus, the Ephesian community, as they uh, began to learn to see what it looks like to be followers of Jesus after his death and resurrection. And so we look at them in hopes of learning for ourselves today how to be disciples of Jesus. And we've kind of traveled and looked through, followed their trajectory as a community, as a church through two books so far. We looked at the book of Acts and we followed and looked at what they looked like there. And then we went on to the book of Ephesians and followed the same community and the struggles and the triumphs that they had there in hopes of learning. And lastly, today we are going to take that journey, that trajectory and follow the church to the book of Revelation, where again, the same community featured in the book of Acts and Ephesians, is also in Revelation. And so our scripture today comes from Revelation chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. I invite you to follow along with me on the screen. Write this to the angel of the church in Ephesus. These are the words of the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven gold lampstands. I know your works, your labor, and your endurance. I also know that you don't put up with those who are evil. You have tested those who say they are apostles, but are not, and you have found them to be liars. You have shown endurance and put up with a lot for my name's sake, and you haven't gotten tired. But I have this against you. You have let go of the love you had at first. So remember the high point from which you have fallen. Change your hearts and lives and do the things you did at first. If you don't, I'm coming to you. I will move your lampstand from its place if you don't change your hearts and lives. But if you have this in your favor, you hate what the Nicolaitans are doing, which I also hate. If you can hear, listen to what the Spirit is saying to the churches. I will allow those who emerge victorious to eat from the tree of life, which is in God's paradise. This is the word of God spoken to us today. A quick note before I go on in my sermon, and I and I did this last time I read it too, that every time I get to the Nicolaitans, I want to say Nickelodeons because watching TV. So if you have that struggle too, <laughs> that's why I struggle with that one. I just want to say Nickelodeons. Anyway, today I'm going to share with you about a movie called Total Recall. Maybe you've watched it. The Uh, Picture here is from the 2012 version, but they also made a version in the 80s featuring Arnold Schwarzenegger. 
And so this is kind of an apocalyptic movie about a man who finds out that the life he is living is actually not real. Over the course of this action-packed, apocalyptic, sci-fi, CGI-filled movie is uh, this man trying to figure out who he is. And over the course of the movie, he finds out that a lot of the memories he have has are fake and that his current life is fake, that, they, that he's been implanted with this fake personality into his head. So his name, his relationships, his job, his childhood, all of it are fake. And each situation and each person he meets enables him to find out a bit more about who he really is. With each bit of information, he grows closer and closer to knowing what he ultimately seeks, which is the truth about his life. And near the end of this action-packed movie, he's faced with a choice, kind of the climax of the movie. And I'll just note that if you haven't seen this movie, it's over 10 years old, so you had your chance. Um, (laughs) The end of this movie, he's faced with the option. Either he gets a total recall of his memory. So in other words, the person that he was that was taken out gets put back in and he knows exactly who he is with all of his memories and experiences. But he loses the love of his life. Or... He chooses the love of his life, but loses that assurance and all those memories and experiences that he had. So on one hand, he gets that total recall. He knows who he is for certain. He's restored to himself, but he loses the love of his life, who is probably a large part of those memories he wishes he had back. But on the other hand, if he chooses the love of his life, he loses that identity that he had, and he has to go forward relearning what it means to be who he is and relearning that love he has for this woman. Not an easy choice either way. And the basis of this movie encourages us to think about our relationships and to think about the memories that we have, both good and bad. It reminds us not to take those good memories for granted that have value to us, And it reminds us to have a sense for who we are as a person. And even though sometimes we want, might want a total recall of our memories when we can't remember someone's name or that favorite awesome restaurant that has a chicken strips, but we don't know what it is. We want to tell somebody about it, right? We wish we had that total recall of our memories sometimes, but we probably don't want the choice this man had to face. Yet still, we can place ourselves in the shoes of this main character, and we can empathize empathize with him about what it might be like to lose our memory, or what it might be like to not remember. And ironically, I think we all go through a bit of what the man in Total Recall went through. He became so caught, or sorry, we become sometimes so caught up in life, in the rush of life, in all the things we need to do, we are engaged in what we are doing, but we forget sometimes to enjoy the simple things. We reach for so much, but we overlook what we have. Often we get so far down the road of what we are doing, focus on the tasks in front of us, that we can't even recall 
what we were originally striving to do or why we were striving to do that. And particularly, we sometimes forget and lose sight of who we are. The intent behind our actions become lost. And if we looked at ourselves in a mirror, we might not recognize who we are or what we are doing. And this trend that we experience as humans, losing sight of ourselves, who we are, is especially true when talking about love. How we show love. Who we show love to. What it means to love others as human beings. In the mess of our life and our world, and we get so focused on that, we lose sight of that love. Our capacity for love. Now, in 1923, there was a flyer sent out for this holiday called the Sweetest Day. And this holiday was celebrating love and the love we have for everyone, our family members, our friends, our coworkers, everyone. And on this flyer was this quote. Love is always the dominant motif in a successful life. Most of us have love in our hearts, but too often it remains there never manifesting itself before those who inspire it. This quote brings out the truth or a truth about how we live our lives. We often miss out on vocalizing or showing love. We never express what is in our hearts and we rob ourselves of reaching the full potential that we have to connect to other humans, to bond over shared connections. Too often, we hold onto what is ours to share. Too often, we don't allow ourselves to be opened, to be inspired, or moved by those who we encounter. We harden our hearts for love and for what transformation that might bring. And this hardening of our hearts happens for many reasons. Maybe it's because we are too afraid to express love the wrong way, because we ourselves have been hurt by a wrong expression of love. Or maybe we get too caught up in our own heads, overthinking what it means to love others. Maybe we've simply been too busy to care about others or care about others besides ourselves. Maybe we've become focused on all of the wrong things and don't know love anymore. Maybe we've become pessimistic at our world around us and we figure, if I can't change the world, if I can't make an impact, why open myself to it? Why not just remain closed and keep what I have inside? There's no hope for change. Maybe it's been too long for you, simply, since someone has showed you love. Despite all the reasons for closing ourselves off from showing and receiving love, the problem is still the same. We have forgotten our capacity for love. We've forgotten our capacity to share the love we have with others, and especially to share and to know the love we have from God. Now, the community in the Fusion Church has also forgotten their capacity to love. Christians or members of the way, as they're called at this time in Ephesus, have lost their way. They've become lost and they've forgotten how to love. If 
found in the book of Revelation is this account of John's vision. He actually has a vision of multiple churches, but one of these churches named is the church in Ephesus, as we read today. And I mentioned how we tracked this community already. We've seen from the book of Acts to the book of Ephesians how they have been a very faithful community to God. They've had immense levels and heights in this community. But they've also had chaos and confusion and dysfunction. We've seen how the roots of this community grounded in baptizing others, of sharing the good news of the gospel by the Apostle Paul, reaching those both Jew and Gentile alike, have been very successful in fulfilling their mission, but also falling short at times. A community that is so full of immense care for others. They've done well overall. They've been a successful body of believers. And so here in the book of Revelation, we see this community once again being guided by Jesus Christ, putting Jesus at the forefront. And this letter, because the book of Revelation is really a letter, this letter is a vision by John, but it features Jesus doing the talking. So in other words, Jesus is speaking through John to the church in Ephesus. And the beginning of our passage today, starting in chapter 2 that we read, shows Jesus praising the community for the good things that they are doing. The way that Jesus talks about this church shows just how faithful they've been. And we'll read that again. I know your works, your labor, and your endurance. I also know that you don't put up with those who are evil. Right there, that shows a community who knows who they are and who they are not set aside as followers of Jesus Christ. But Jesus, through John, continues on by saying, You have tested those who say they are apostles but are not, and you have found them to be liars. You have shown endurance and put up with a lot for my name's sake, and you haven't gotten tired. These are, again, clearly signs of a community seeking to follow Jesus. They have endured a lot, despite the challenges of being disciples, Despite the challenges of following Jesus, they have remained faithful. But what Jesus says next points to this community who may have lost their way just a little bit along the path. Jesus says this, I have this against you. You have let go of the love you had at first. And what he means by this is they've lost the reason behind all that they have worked towards in spite of their hard work, in spite of their faithful ministry as the Ephesian church, they are now missing the very core of their faith, which is their love for Christ. It may not be gone, but it definitely isn't what it once was. That radical, irresistible blaze of love that they had when they first witnessed Christ, is now a small, barely lit ember. They have forgotten their love for Christ. And so the question then is this, how do they regain their love of Christ? How can the church reclaim its lost love? As always, Jesus has an answer and points us to a way forward, points this church, this community to a way forward. In the face of this lost love, Jesus says, So remember the high point from which you have fallen. 
Change your hearts and lives and do the things you did at first. This is a call for them to examine their lives. It's a call by Jesus for members of this community, this faithful community, to look back on what they've done, to look in on who they are and on the way that they used to love Jesus Christ, to look at the way that it took hold of their spirits and their souls when they first knew Jesus. He urges them to remember what it was first like to love Christ. More than that, Jesus is calling them to return to what they used to do and who they used to be in those first moments. He's shown them or pointed out to them that they haven't been able to maintain that love for Christ. And he wants them to make a change in themselves and their community to be able for the long term to sustain that love of Christ, to not let the spark go. And so for them, that means working at it to maintain that love for Christ. For us, it also means that we have to work to maintain our love for Christ, to hold on to the passion and the spirit required to know and show love to others. Now, this portion of scripture that we read today in this letter kind of uh, ends with a promise from Jesus. He says, if you can hear, listen to what the Spirit is saying to the churches. I will allow those who emerge victorious to eat from the tree of life, which is in God's paradise. This reference to the tree of life being the same tree that is in the Garden of Eden, the same tree that Adam and Eve ate from. And what he's saying, what he's pointing to is a fully restored relationship with God, being brought again into full unity with him, without sin, without brokenness, fully restored love in Christ. That's what he's promising here. For those who are willing to hear his message, for the church that is hopefully willing to hear this message, but particularly for those who allow themselves to be transformed by it, to be changed by it. This is because he knows that his love is the source of eternal life that they need to hear. So the question then that we need to answer for ourselves is how do we remember the love of Christ? How do we reach that high point that Jesus is talking about? As those who have maybe forgotten the love of Christ for us, how do we remember it again? How do we find ways to rediscover this love? To find ways to keep it healthy, keep it strong? Well, we need a total recall of Christ's love for us. In order to regain our love for Christ, we must disengage from baseless practices and we must re-engage with a God who is our source of love. So at some point, somewhere down the line, we need our hearts to be stirred. We need our heart and souls to be cracked open. We need our spirit to be enlightened with what we may have forgotten. We need to rediscover our capacity for love. We need to be intentional 
about how we live our lives, how we interact with others, and how we respond to the changes that we experience all the time, because our world is ever-changing just as our lives are ever-changing. So we must re-engage with God through the practice of spiritual disciplines, engaging in prayer, the reading of Scripture, the practice of offering both of ourselves, our tithes, our witness. And I'd also like to note that I said re-engaging or reading Scripture But if reading scripture is hard, if it's hard to understand, hard to do and put yourself to practice, then come at it a different way. Listen to the Bible. There's so many audio recordings of the Bible out there. Watch a video. Listen to a podcast. Right now they have movies and TV shows that depict the stories of the Bible. Dive into a book. Look at a small group study. But do something to re-engage in scripture, whatever that might look like. Let God speak to you. Open yourself to that. We must re-engage with others by taking time to serve. Sharing our love from within is a practice that we have to engage in. We have to practice sharing our love to others and not holding it in. We must Re-engage with those who will keep us accountable. To be honest about what they see in our lives, about how we are living it, who we are, who we are striving to be. It's a built-in checkpoint to ensure that we don't continue down a path away from God and we find ourselves not knowing or recognizing God's love for us or the love of Jesus. We must re-engage with family, with friends, with coworkers, with all that we encounter, we must re-engage with them because it is then that we will not take for granted those that care for us and how we are connected to others as the human race. So maybe totally recalling our love for Christ means joining a small group, joining a Bible study, or taking an opportunity to serve in the community. Maybe totally recalling our love for Christ means reflecting or returning to those communities where we first were brought closer to God. Maybe totally recalling our love for Christ means setting or resetting ourselves to check in with others, to opening ourselves up for a check-in every once in a while, to see how we are showing the love of Christ, how we are experiencing the love of Christ, and how we are working to maintain the love of Christ. Now, the stakes for us might not seem as high as they were in the man from Total Recall. We won't lose the love of our life in the same instant that we have to choose regaining our our entire identity back. If we choose the wrong one, the world won't be taken over by this greedy, evil company. But still, despite that, we need a total recall of our love for Christ. Like the church in Ephesus, we are a broken, dysfunctional group who doesn't always have the answers despite how we try to feel or seem like we do. Like the community of Ephesus, seeking to follow Jesus, we are going to fail at times. We're going to lose track of our love for Christ as we are focused on doing whatever it is that we are doing. But 
like the Ephesians, Jesus is calling us to remember the love we first had for God and for him. He's calling us to not take for granted the loving relationships that we have or the supportive community that we have formed. Jesus is calling us to uphold what are one of John Wesley's three basic rules as a disciple of Christ. If you've never heard them, I invite you to hear them now. John Wesley's three rules. Do no harm. Do all the good you can and stay in love with God. This last one is what Jesus is calling us to remember, to re-engage in. Stay in love with God. That's what we need to do today here at First Church for ourselves. Stay in love with God. So I encourage you, recall your love for Christ. Let us pray. Loving God, we know that being your disciple is a constant challenge. We know that being your disciple is not always easy. And despite how we might try to do the right thing, we sometimes get lost. We sometimes lose sight of why we are called to love. So help us not lose sight of the why. Help us to always remember that we love because you loved us first. Help us to stay in love with you, God. Enable us to be transformed, be open to whatever it takes to stay in love with you. Help us to remember those first moments when we discovered your presence, discovered your work and the truth of Jesus Christ for ourselves. In all of this, help us remember you so that we are brought closer to you and might know your love more fully. In this we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us for the First Church Message of the Week. To stay connected, subscribe to this podcast and follow us on Facebook. For more information like our church calendar, worship times, and upcoming events, visit our website at watertownfirst.church. This has been the First Church Message of the Week.